Just as a tortoise, Sarvasaha Angani Samharade, just as a tortoise at will withdraws all its limbs, and so also when one is able to withdraw one's sense organs from their preoccupation with sense objects with the same ease at will, that kind of mastery one has over one's sense organs, which also implies mastery over one's mind, Tasya Pragna Pratishthita. Then the prajna or the wisdom becomes abiding wisdom. The idea is that even if the knowledge is, if the mind is not, un, the one doesn't have the mastery over one's mind, or one does not have the mastery over the sense organs, then that prajna, meaning the wisdom, cannot become an abiding wisdom. Because you cannot even gain the wisdom if the mind is restless or the sense organs are, are also restless. And therefore it is said here that it is necessary. For a wise man, this is something normal, something effortless, that he can withdraw his sense organs at will. Uh, although a tortoise withdraws the sense organs, the limbs, when there is fear, but that is not the intention, fear is not the point. Point is, how a tortoise is able to withdraw the limbs at will, and so also when one is one has that kind of mastery over one's sense organs, that at will one can withdraw the sense organs from their preoccupation and center them on the self, then one has attained a requirement which is needed for the abidance of knowledge. Now in several verses, these four verses describe the lakshana or the characteristics of Sthita a man of abiding wisdom, for whom these are natural traits, effortless traits, and therefore they become the values for a seeker of knowledge. Now in several verses, Lord Krishna describes the condition of a person who has not gained a mastery over the mind, or has not gained a mastery over the sense organs. So what happens then? Now introducing the verse 59, says Shankaracharya, Tatra Vishayan Anaharataha 
That one is able to withdraw one's sense organs from the sense objects is not itself a criterion for an abidance of the knowledge or abidance of wisdom. Aturasyabhi Somebody may be aturaha meaning somebody may be suffering from a disease and therefore also may not be able to enjoy the sense objects. Therefore also it may be possible that one has withdrawn one's sense organs. Anaharataha or one can, with my will, de, I mean, uh, deny oneself the enjoyment of sense organs. So it is possible to exercise one's will and willfully deny any kind of an involvement in sense pleasures. And thus one can create a distance between oneself and the sense objects. This is possible. Now earlier was said that when one has the ability to withdraw the sense organs at will, then there is his abiding wisdom. Does it mean that anybody and everybody who is able to withdraw the sense organs, meaning creating distance between oneself and the sense objects, then just merely withdrawal of the sense organs from the sense objects, is it enough for abidance of the wisdom? The answer is no. Uh, something else also is required. And what is it that is being stated in the verse 59? Vishaya vinivartande nirahārasya dehinah rasavarjam rasopyasya param drashtva nivartate Nirahārasya dehinah Dehinah meaning one who is identified with the body. For a person who is identified with the body and therefore for whom the needs of the body are one's own needs. That is what the identification of the body means. Dehinaha, for a person who is identified with the body. And Niraharasya, one who is an abstinent person, meaning one who willfully abstains from enjoyment of sense objects. Anakriyamanavishasya, meaning one who refuses to experience the sense objects with the sense organs. Kashtet tapasis thitasya and one who as I said willfully uh, engaged in some kind of severe austerities or penance. Murkhasyabi, not a wise person necessarily but one who is just willfully abstaining the self from enjoyment of any sense or objects. For such a person, Vishayaha Vinivartante, the objects recede from him, meaning that there is a distance between this person and the sense objects. <coughs> Either you can say that the even the sense organs can also be withdrawn. First of all, you can keep the objects of pleasure away from yourself, or by will you can just withdraw your sense organs, meaning that you withdraw your eyes and don't permit the eyes to go where they wish to go. Or the, the tongue also can deprive the palate from tasting good food. And thus you can exercise your will 
and deprive the sense organs from the enjoyment of the sense objects. That one can do. And never the sense objects also recede away from this person. Meaning the person has created distance between the sense objects and himself. And indriyani vinivartande. And the sense organs also are withdrawn within oneself. But this is possible for an ignorant person also. All that requires is, it requires a will. It requires a hatha. It requires just a firm resolve that that's all. I'm not going to eat food. I'm not going to see a movie. I'm not going to watch TV. I'm not going to do this and so on and so forth. This one can do. And thus, since objects go away, since objects recede away from him, all the sense organs are withdrawn from the sense objects. But rasa varjam, leaving the rasa, rasa here is asaktihi, ragaha, the attachment or the fascination for the sense objects, that does not go away. So a sense object, can, there can be a physical separation between this person and the sense object, but as far as the fascination for that sense object is concerned, that does not go away. The idea is that we cannot exercise our will as far as the fascination or attachment to the things is con- are concerned. <coughs> so that is where the will is not possible, not cannot be exercised. Sarasavarjam. So the hankering for the sense objects that continues to remain in the mind. And as long as that hankering is there, merely withdrawal of the sense organs is not enough. <coughs> So it is necessary that one should even become free from hankering or fascination or the value that one has for the sense objects, for the sense pleasures. Since there are two kinds of hankering, two two stages of hankering is there. One is what we may call gross, another is what we may call subtle. So a gross person has an hankering that he just thinks that the objects have the pleasure. And so he thinks that the world offers all the pleasures and enjoyment in life and therefore out of just that mis- misapprehension or misconception on his part, he runs after the sense objects. There is a very gross hankering which shows a lack of viveka or discrimination on his part. And this is how the common people are. In that kind of a gross hankering one can uh, become free from by what we call viveka or discrimination. That when one analyzes one's experiences and discriminates as to where the happiness is or what exactly is the nature of happiness from the sense objects, then one realizes that even if you think that there is happiness in the sense objects, it is only fleeting and also always accompanied with a lot of pain. As we, as we said, there is pain involved in acquiring a sense object because nothing comes by itself. You have to make an effort to acquire something that involves effort and pain. And when that thing that you love goes away from you, which it will, today or tomorrow, then again there is a pain of separation. And even when you are experiencing something, there is always an apprehension that this is not adequate. One is always aware of the inadequacy of the pleasure that a given sense object gives, because it could always be better. One feels that a given thing is nice, alright. So today's dish is good, alright, but not like that day. Or when I went to a given restaurant, it was like this. 
Or when I saw that place, it was like that. And therefore, even though we may derive a degree of satisfaction from a given thing, still it always leaves something to be desired. And therefore, a sense of dissatisfaction still remains. And so when one analyzes really the nature of the happiness that comes from the contact of sense organs with sense objects, one finds that there is only pain involved at every level. <coughs> and the price that one has to pay for it is never... Uh, the, in the price that we have... We never actually take into account the price that we have to pay for it. And the price that we are paying for every little enjoyment of the sense object is so much more than what we derive as a result of the pleasure of the sense object. And when one sees this, and as you said again and again, the sense objects are all inert. An inert thing cannot give me happiness. The only thing that can give me happiness is that which is conscious, which is the self. So self alone, which is consciousness or conscious being, that alone has the capability of giving me the happiness. And so, even when I think that the happiness is coming from a sense object, in fact it is coming only from the self. This also one can see by analysis. Thus, one has to make the mind, one has to do this again and again. This is called dosha darshanam. In order to become free from that gross passion or the fascination that one has for the objects of the world, what is it? These sense objects around oneself, dosha drishtya muhur muhuhu, one is to see the dosha, one is to see the defects or the problems associated with these sense pleasures and thus make the mind see. The idea is it is not that we force the mind or that we suppress the desire or anything, but we have to make the mind see again and again the nature of the happiness, the limitations of the happiness, the price that is to be paid and, and we have to make the mind see this again and again that viveka or discrimination is required. From discrimination of viveka arises vairagya or dispassion meaning freedom from the passion for the sense pleasures. And thus when the mind is free from what we call the gross fascination then still also some subtle facet sense pleasures. Until the mind is made to see the happiness of the self, so long the mind will continue to have hankering. And so by discrimination we have, we are able to perhaps eliminate what we call the gross hankering. But the subtle hankering continues to remain. Rasa, rasa varjam. And so the rasa or the hankering subtle still remains. Rasopyasya param drishtva nivartate. And that rasaha, that sudden, then alone that fascination or hankering will go, otherwise it will not go. And therefore it is necessary that one must make a concerted effort to, to know the nature of oneself and to discover that the self is of the nature of happiness or ananda that one is seeking. And when mind gains sight, then let the mind be made to discover the happiness which is within the self. And therefore, one has to make that effort to quieten the mind, contemplate upon the nature of the self, and learn to gain the subtle happiness that is there within oneself, or which is the nature of the self. And thus, ultimately, the mind will become totally free from its hankering or fascination from the sense objects. In general, param drishtva nivardate, whenever in life we discover something superior, that, that fascination for the inferior goes away. And so, as in the life also, there was a time perhaps when I loved film music, pop songs, or whatever it is. 
And then as one gets exposed to what we call light classical music and you start enjoying that, that tastefully pops and goes away. This is our own experience. That as you start studying your Vedanta and start gaining the joy of learning the scriptures, of the, of the scriptures, of the language, of the bhashya, the commentary, of the thoughts involved, and as the mind even gains this, this subtle intellectual pleasure, its needs for many gross pleasures automatically drop. Thus, we have to constantly make the mind ex- be exposed to subtler and subtler levels of pleasure. And then alone, it will become free from the hankering for the grosser pleasures. This is a total satisfaction from within the self. And if one does not pay attention to this, if one feels that all right, that merely by, by controlling the sense organs that I can gain an abidance, then what happens is being described in the 60th verse, Samyak Darshan Lakshana Pajnasariyam Chikirshara Adav Indriyani Svavvashe Sthapaitavyani It is also necessary, whatever they want, my hands can indulge in whatever they want, is it okay? If my mind is in the control of myself, but the sense organs are not under my control, suppose. Then what does it matter? Does it matter? Says yes, that also matters. So first we say there, as far as the mind is concerned, the rasa or the hankering should slowly and slowly, the mind should become free from that. And that is how the mind becomes. Says, hey Kaunteya, addressing Arjuna, Lord Krishna says, Yatataha api Kaunteya Purushasya Vipaschitaha. Now Lord Krishna talks of a Purusha or a person, Vipaschitaha. Vipaschit means intelligent, meaning and one who is constantly striving. And what is the nature of the effort one is making? Doshudarshanam, Vishaya Doshudarshanam. As I said, Again and again we make our mind see the dosha or the defect involved in the sense pleasures. Yatata happy, prayatnam kurvata happy. Even though one is making very sincere effort. Purushasya vipaschitaha. And this person also is learned in the scriptures must be kept in control. Pramathini, pramathana shilani. Because the sense organs are also very turbulent. Haranti prasabham manaha. Prasabham, very forcefully, manaha haranti. These sense organs also can be so turbulent that they can forcefully pull away the mind from its focus of attention and ultimately make the mind fall into the sense objects. This is what the sense organs can do. Pramathini, pramathana shilani. The sense organs are turbulent. So don't take for granted anything. Doesn't matter what I do with my hand or what I touch and it matters. Or what I say with my with speech, it matters. What I see or read with my eyes, matters. What I hear with my ears, matters. What I taste with my palate, matters. What I smell with my nose, all of this matters. Because in the sense organs, there is what we call a hankering there itself. And therefore, if these sense organs are not kept in control, then Vishaya Vimukhamhi Purusham Vikshopandai Akuli Kurvandi. These sense organs create such a turbulence in the mind 
by making a demand from the mind that they want to enjoy or gain a certain sensuous experience and purusham vikshobhayanti akuli kurvanti they make they create a lot of turbulence in the mind akuli krutyahi cha haranti prasabham manah and then having com- having completely tormented the mind they, they snatch the mind away from its focus of attention and Harandi prasamam manah Vishayamukham vikshobhayandi Make the mind run after the sense objects. So imagine the, the person here. That the fellow, as we said, knows that uh, he is meditating upon the self, let us say. And thus he has withdrawn all his activities. His mind also is focused upon the object of meditation. At that time, those hankerings that are there, at the sense level the eyes having had the habit of seeing what they want to see the palate having had the habit of eating or tasting what it wants and thus if suppose you are not watched the habits of the sense object i mean sense organs at that time these subtle hankering that are there in the sense organs they disturb the mind and they violently snatch the mind away from the object of meditation or from the focus of attention and violently take the mind into all kinds of thinking mind is made to think of things that it doesn't want to think i want to think of rama or krishna or whatever it is i want to think of an object of my meditation and the mind and the sense organs make the mind think of some good food or some good place or whatever kind of hankering that may be there and thus both this mind as well as sense organs both of them it is necessary that one should have a complete control over them meaning one should be very alert about them one should not take these things for granted and that being the case what should one do and that is being said in the verse 61 tani sarvani sanyamya yukta asida matparaha vashehi yasyendriyani tasya pragnya pratishthita tani sarvani sanyamya and therefore sanyamya controlling all the sense organs yuktaha asida matparaha yuktaha samahitaha san which a single pointed mind matparaha asida one should sit down matparaha so how should one sit down that's what the lord is saying where should the mind be focused tani sarvani sanyamya and therefore one should keep the sense organs under control it is not only enough that we keep the sense organs under control in the time of meditation but then the sense organs are under control at all of the time also if you allowed them to indulge themselves in whichever activities they want is not going to be possible that at the time of meditation that they remain in control of myself or similarly if i allowed my mind also to indulge in whichever way it wants it is not going to be possible that the mind remains within my control at the time of meditation and so this would be possible if a person is living a life of what we call discipline which is of course preceded by viveka or discrimination we are not talking about suppression of the mind or suppression of sense organs but we are talking about a self control that is born out of viveka or discrimination <coughs> because of the values i have understood and i have certain values and the value is that i want a mind that is an abiding mind i want my sense organs which are also abiding and then alone i can have an abiding abiding knowledge i want a contemplative mind 
I do not want a distracted mind. And these are the values. And therefore, even when I find the demands from my mind or the sense organs, I do not fulfill those demands knowing that these are all habitual demands. Habitually the sense organs demand. My palate always demands. It wants good food. And so remember, 7.30, oh, time for food. 9 o'clock, time for snack. 10.30, time for coffee. All the time. If I have a refrigerator in my cabin and a stove and all kinds of suppose things are there, it is quite likely that every half an hour, 45 minutes, I may walk into the kitchen, open the refrigerator, have something here, have a candy there, have a sandwich there, have a little coffee here, and things of that sort. If I allow my tongue or my palate to have its freedom, if I allow the freedom to my legs to go wherever they want, this evening I went to this place, other evening I went to some other place. If I have allowed my mind, today I want to watch movie, and the third day I want to watch something else. If you allow these things, and think what is the big deal about this? That whenever I want, I'll be able to stop it, but you will not be able to stop it when you want. And so, again as I said, there should be no suppression, because suppression also brings about all kinds of distortions in the mind. At the same time, there should not be indulgence either. Indulgence is nothing but exhaustion and waste of the energy. Suppression is distortion of the mind. We are talking about viveka or discrimination. A discipline that is born of discrimination. Therefore, there should be these values in the life of a seeker. The values must be there. And if those values are there, then alone it is even possible for us to even have a quiet time. Otherwise, it's so difficult to sit quietly. Because the mind makes different demands, the sense organs make the demands, and I cannot even sit quietly. So Lord Krishna says, Tani Sarvani Sanyamya. Therefore, controlling all the sense organs. Yuktaha, yuktaha means concentrating or focusing the mind. Matparaha Asid. Where should I focus my mind? Matparaha, Lord Krishna says. Matparaha means the one who is committed or devoted to me. Me means the Lord. Aham Vasudevaha Sarva Pratyagatma Paraha Yasyasaha Matparaha Anyaham Tasmadi Asita Ityartaha So this is how, this is something again natural or, or effortless for a wise man. Because of the mastery of the sense organs in the mind, when the wise man sits with himself, then where is it? Where does he sit? Is he sitting in the body? No. Is sitting in the home? No. Matparaha. He is sitting in the self. Aham Vasudevaha Saropratyagatma. Lord Krishna says, I is Vasudevaha. So Lord Krishna is now talking from the standpoint of Vasudevaha. As we explained, Vasudeva means the son of Vasudeva. But then the Vasudeva has a derivative meaning also. Vasuschasu Devaha iti Vasudevaha. So one who is Vasu as well as Devaha is called Vasudevaha. Vasu means the one who dwells in the hearts of everyone. And Devaha is one who shines. So that shining being, the effulgent being who dwells in the hearts of all is called Vasudevaha. So this Vasudevaha is Sarva Pratyagatma. He is the indwelling self of all. Paraha Yasyasaha. So one who is devoted to Vasudeva or one who is committed to Vasudeva, one who is committed to the self, 
that that is the self of all there is the indwelling self of all sahamat paraha na anya aham tasmad and therefore here the wise man is sitting or dwelling or abiding in this in vasudeva who is the self of all i am that vasudeva i am the one who is the self of all i am the one who is indwelling self of all and none else in this knowledge he abides in vasudeva who is the self of all so tani sarvani sanyamya yukta asida mat paraha and this is what a seeker of knowledge should do withdraw this insogens from their respective activities withdraw the mind all this process will be described in greater detail in the sixth chapter sankalpa prabhavan kaman tyaktva sarvana sheshatah मनसैवेन्द्रियग्रामं विनियम्य समन्ततः शनैः शनैः उपरमेत बुद्ध्या धृतिगृहीतया आत्मसंसम्मनः कृत्वा न किञ्चिदपि चिन्तयेत द लॉर्ड कृष्णा सेज दैट स्लोली एंड स्लोली मेक द माइंड फ्री फ्रॉम ऑल द वेरियस काम ऑफ द डिसायर्स संकल्प प्रभवान कामान सर्वान त्यक्त्वा अशेषतः मेक द माइंड फ्री फ्रॉम ऑल द काम और ऑल द डिसायर्स और पैशंस बिकॉज़ दे आर द डिस्ट्रैक्टिंग फैक्टर मनसा एव इंद्रियग्राम नियम्य एंड ब्रिंगिंग द सेंस ऑर्गन्स अंडर द कंट्रोल ऑफ द माइंड इट्स लाइक आत्मसंसम मनःकृत्वा एंड फोकसिंग द माइंड एंड अपॉन द सेल्फ न किञ्चिद विचिन्तयेत मे वन नॉट थिंक ऑफ एनीथिंग एल्स मीनिंग ब्रिंग द माइंड इनटू द फोकस अपॉन द सेल्फ व्हाट इज द सेल्फ वासुदेवः हु इज वासुदेवः द इंडवेलिंग सेल्फ ऑफ ऑल एंड दैट आई एम इन दैट नॉलेज may one focus one's mind anyone finds the mind wanders yato yato nischardi manas chanchalam asthiram since the mind is restless therefore it may wander away again from its focus of attention tatah tatah niyamyaitad bring the mind back again this will definitely happen this alone is called my meditation where i try to focus my attention and the mind does wander off again i bring it back to the focus of attention focus in so atmanyo asamnay again bring it back and the control of the self <clears throat> so this is how one has to constantly make an effort in order to bring the sense organs as well as the mind under mastery not under forced control but one gain should gain a mastery over the mind and sense organs इंद्रियाणी तस्य प्रज्ञा प्रतिष्ठिता हिस प्रज्ञा द विजडम बिकम्स अबाइडिंग दस वन कैन गेन द अबाइडिंग विजडम व्हेन द माइंड एंड द सेंस ऑर्गन्स देयर इज मास्टरी ओवर देम एंड द मास्टरी कैन बी ऑब्टेन द एक्सटर्नल फुलफिलमेंट विल बी लेस सो लेट द माइंड बी सेंटर्ड ऑन द सेल्फ सो दैट इट डस डिस्कवर दैट पॉइज ऑफ द साइलेंस एंड दैट इज आउट ऑफ द रसा ऑफ द हैंकरिंग ऑफ द सेंस ऑब्जेक्ट्स विल स्लोली एंड स्लोली गो परम दृष्टवा निवर्तते and in order to give the lesson how we should not take things for granted 
Suppose a person is thoughtless, then how dangerous it can be, how it can bring about one's own destruction. That is being described in the next two very famous verses, verses 62 and 63. Atha having told us what one should do, Parabhavishyadaha Sarvanarthamulam idam So what is the cause of all the anartha? What's the cause of all the calamities is now being stated by Lord Krishna in the next two verses. Nihayato vishayan pumsaha sangaste shupajayade sangat sanjayate kamaha kamat krodho vijayade krodhat bhavati sammohaha sammohat smutavi brahmaha Traces here the ladder of downfall of a person. It begins with dhyayataha vishayan. Vishayan dhyayataha pumsaha. Of a person who is dwelling upon the sense object. That's all. Not doing a big thing, poor fellow. I mean, it's the nature of the mind to dwell upon something. And therefore, this person permits the mind to dwell upon somebody or some object or something. Shabdadi vishay visheshan alochataha. So, alochataha. So when the mind is made to dwell upon something that is fascinating in a given sense object, otherwise of course the mind has no reason to dwell upon a given thing. But when one sees something that is attractive or fascinating and the mind is made to dwell upon that, dhyayataha vishayan pamsaha sangaha teshupa jayate As a result of dwelling upon a given object or rather dwelling upon the attractive or fascinating part of a given object. If I dwell upon this, the sky or the stars or the sun or the moon, no attachment is going to happen there. But if I dwell upon a person or dwell upon a thing, dwell upon a car, dwell upon a new ornament, dwell upon a new dress, dwell upon some whatever, then I see some fascinating or charming aspect about it, which perhaps my own mind has superimposed anyway. Generally speaking, it is the mind itself that superimposes some fascination upon an object and then wants it. So suppose my find, mind finds some charm or fascination or attraction for a thing or a being or whatever, and the mind is permitted to dwell. Now this is where the whole ladder begins. And that is where we should have a break applied. But then, as the mind dwells upon it, this is the nature of the mind, that's beautifully described here. That's the reason why we want to make our mind dwell upon something deliberately. This process can be reversed also and that is what we call upasana. Spiritual uh, practices also employ this particular nature of the mind. That whenever the mind is made to dwell again and again upon something, some beautiful thing, then an attachment for it arises. It goes both ways. For the sense objects also it goes, and for Lord also it goes. Here of course the discussion is about an attachment arises, a pretty a liking for that arises. Okay, a liking has arisen. Still all the damage is not done. But as the liking arises, the mind again wants to dwell more and more on that. Sangat Sanjayate Kamaha. And from that general liking, Kamaha meaning trishna, a craving arises. So slowly the liking becomes more and more intense and ultimately 
turns into what we call trishna or craving. And then the mind feels that I must have it, I cannot do without it. I wonder how I did all this time without this thing, you know. And thus the mind wants it. It just cannot stand that this is trishna or this is kama. And then the mind must have it. When that craving has arisen, you cannot do without it. And therefore you must have it. And therefore there arises in the mind this resolve, I must have this thing. Find when trishna or the craving arises, then it gives rise to what we call action. And therefore an action emerges from the person in order to acquire that thing or gain it or enjoy it or experience it. Kamat krodha abhijayate. Now from this craving or the kama, kutaschit pratihata. If for some reason or the other, suppose there is an obstruction in the fulfillment of this desire. That you were, you want something badly alright, but for some reason there is an obstruction. Either because someone else also wants it, therefore, or you find that you are not capable of getting what you want, therefore, or you want something but that something doesn't want you, whatever, I don't know, there can be any number of obstacles be there in this world between what I want and what I really have. And suppose there is therefore an obstacle, a strong obstacle in the fulfillment of your desire or craving, Krodha Abhijayate, there arise what we call Krodha or anger. So intensity of anger is going to be equal to the intensity of the craving that I had for the sense object. So Krodha has arisen, anger has arisen. All that passion is now turned into anger. So Lord Krishna seems to say that from the passion anger necessarily arises that of course if my desire is satisfied then there is no Krodha by the way. If my desire is satisfied, if I crave for something, if the craving is satisfied, then there is no anger, then there is satisfaction. But generally speaking, the chances of my craving being satisfied, as we try to extinguish this craving or quench this craving of the mind by fulfilling the desire, it just comes out with a more and more powerful desire. So a time will come when a given desire is not fulfilled. A desire can be fulfilled, but when a desire is fulfilled, it invariably gives rise to another desire. This is demonstrated in Ramayana that this Ravana was a hydra head. off his head, he chopped off one head, another head came in its place, chopped off yet another head, another head kept on coming in its place. And similarly desire also is like a hydra head and demon with so many faces. You chop off one, another head comes in its place. And that is how, because once the mind learns to depend, depends upon its satisfaction upon something else, well, that inner dissatisfaction only will become more and more intense and so fulfillment of one desire is bound to give rise to other desire. Desire knows that this fellow entertains us and therefore it comes. And therefore, today or tomorrow or day time will come when a given desire is not satisfied and therefore, if not right away, the karma or the passion is invariably going to give rise to the anger. Or what happens also is the capability of a given sense, a given object to give you satisfaction also reduces. Or my own capability of deriving happiness from a given object also reduces. And thus I find myself again dissatisfied at some point in time. And that dissatisfaction results into anger or frustration. Frustration is anger towards myself or anger is the anger towards someone else. Frustration also is a form of anger which is anger towards myself. 
Alright, suppose I become angry, then what? Krodhat bhavati sammoha. From the anger arises sammoha. Sammoha means delusion. What is meant by delusion? Avivega. Lack of discrimination. Karya karya vishaya avivega. Usually, every person has this sense of discrimination of what is proper and what is improper. What should be done and what should be avoided. What is in what is becoming of me and what is not becoming of me. This kind of a discrimination the intellect has. But when a person becomes angry, this discrimination does not remain. And Sankaracharya gives the illustration here of some of delusion. Kruddhohi Sammudasan Gurumabe Akroshadi. So how an angry person becomes totally deluded, meaning he, the, the person loses his or her total sense of proportion. And Guru Mabhi Akroshadi, Shankarajara gives a, an illustration of a of in his opinion, must be a tremendous uh, violation, you know, of all the code of conduct. That this fellow even screams and shouts and abuses him. is worse than committing suicide or perhaps you know so he gives an illustration here that kruddhohi sammudasan guru api akroshadi when a person becomes angry he becomes totally deluded loses a sense of proportion then he even abuses his teacher means a person can do anything when anger comes and we know very well we have seen many people being angry and doing all kinds of stupid things as children sometimes used to watch there was some one neighbor, you know, and that fellow was so such an angry person. He used to get so angry with his wife sometimes that all of a sudden you find, you know, from his house, from the door of the house, vessels and you know, the pens and all kinds of things flying out of the house, you know. There is no something is happening inside. This fellow will just throw anything and everything that's in, you know. His wife has um, served him food, and suppose the salt is a little too much or too little or something on that's enough to make this person angry he takes the whole thing he just throws like that you know so person can become uh, as I mean he can become an animal as a matter of fact because it is not the person who is at the time acting it is anger anger is like a ghost and just as one comes overcome is, is uh, comes under the spell of a spirit similarly also this anger etc is such that one comes under the spell and does something which is not in keeping with the person's dignity. <coughs> Alright, what happens? It's sammoha, meaning when the delusion comes, then what happens? Sammohat smriti vibramaha. Anger makes the mind totally deluded. From that, smriti vibramaha. Smriti means memory. One loses the memory. What is meant by memory? Shastra charyo padesha. Ahita samskara janitayaha smutehe syad vibramaha brahmshaha. Says, whatever samskara or whatever learning one is gained from Shastra, Acharya, from the scriptures, from the teachers, from the wise, whatever education and training and learning one is gained. And therefore, one has discovered, one has a certain value structure with oneself. One has a certain culture. So all that culture, education, the value structure and all of this wisdom that one has gained as a result of one's own education from the teachers and from the scriptures. 
That is what is meant here by Smriti. And that is what is supposed to come to actually our aid when we have to perform our action. So when we are dealing with the world, moment to moment, what will govern the manner in which I respond to the world? What will determine the way I deal with the world? My own culture will determine that. My own values will determine that. My own upbringing will determine that. And suppose I had a good upbringing, I had the culture, I had the knowledge of the scriptures, of all these values in Bhagavad Gita. Amanitvam, Madambhitvam, Ahimsa, Kshantihi, all of these values I know. Lack of pride, lack of pretentiousness, lack of uh, violence, truthfulness, all of these values I know. And I practice also. But once the mind becomes angry, then all these values and all my knowledge, it just gets relegated to the background. And what I do is not an action, it is a reaction. So it is that time when really the wisdom should come to my aid and when there is an occasion for my knowledge to come to my aid, at that time it does not come to aid because my mind is completely deluded. It is completely perturbed on account of that anger. Smriti Bhramshat Buddhi Nashaha Tataha Smriti Bhramshat Buddhi Nashaha And thus at that time when my culture or the values or the wisdom or the education or the training does not come to my aid Buddhi Nashaha That is what we call my intellect is ruined Nashaha Karya Kari Viveka Vishaya Yogyata Antahkaranasya Buddhi Ayogyata Antahkaranasya Buddhi Nashaha Uchade in course of time, the intellect even becomes incapable of, of even judging what is proper and what is improper. If this goes on happening again and again, it is not that merely by one spell of anger that one gets destroyed. But if, if this dwelling upon the sense object continues, and thus the mind comes under the spell of what we call the cravings, and in that keeps on arising the anger, then slowly and slowly the mind loses the capability of its judging the situation or arriving at the proper uh, proper judgment for a given situation. Karya kari viveka vishaya viveka ayogyata That what is proper and what is not proper. When the mind or the intellect loses that ability that is called the nasha or the destruction or the ruin of the intellect. So it does not that the person gets, he dies or that he goes out of mind or something like that. But it's as good as he's going out of mind because what is the primary function of the mind? Primary function of the mind is to enable me to decide in a given situation what is proper and what is not proper. And when the mind loses that ability, it is as good as that the mind is destroyed. Says buddhinashat pranashati and that is how the person himself gets ruined. When the buddhi or the intellect gets ruined, when a discriminatory sense gets ruined, I am also ruined. Tavadevahi purushaha yavadantahkaranam tadiyam karya kari vishayaveka yogyam You can call this person a human being as long as he functions as a human being. Or his mind has this discrimination or judgment of uh, determining what is proper and what is not proper. Karya kari vishaya viveka yogyam tadayogyatve nashtaheva purusho bhavati And when the mind becomes ayogyam meaning incapable, nashtaheva purusho bhavati, the person also is ruined.
अतः तस्यंतः कर्णस्य बुद्धेः नाशात् प्रणश्यति पुरुषार्थ अयोग्यो भवति इत्यर्थः नेवर दिस पर्सन प्रणश्यति ही इज रोइन मीनिंग ही बिकम्स इनकेपेबल ऑफ अचीविंग एनीथिंग इन हिज लाइफ पुरुषार्थ बाय एनीथिंग वी मीन व्हाट इज रियली सॉर्ट बाय द पर्सन एंड व्हाट इज सॉर्ट बाय द पर्सन इज मोक्ष लिबरेशन व्हाट इज सॉर्ट बाय द पर्सन इज नॉलेज the atmanatma viveka the discriminative knowledge between the self and the non self that is the purusha that's the that's what one is actually seeking in life and the buddhi or the intellect becomes incapable of that when it is allowed to come to the spell of this anger and that is how buddhi nashat pranashadi this brings a ruin to the person and thus is traced here what we call a ladder of fall as to how merely by dwelling upon an object how the fascination is created how the craving is generated how the anger comes how the mind gets diluted how we do how we act in an unbecoming manner and how that brings about a ruin of our own personality and therefore of the person also in upasana the same method is employed the mind is made to dwell here upon the uh, the beautiful aspect of god that's the reason why in the scriptures constantly we sing the glories of the lord how kind he is how beautiful and uh, omniscient omnipotent omnipresent compassionate uh, so thus we keep dis- discussing keep engaging our mind again and again into dwelling upon the beauty the charm the glory of the lord and thus the mind will develop a liking for that and when it develops a liking for that it will want develop a craving for that this is what we call bhakti or devotion so very same attachment when it is towards the sense object it is called kama when very same attachment when it is towards the lord it is called bhakti or devotion and thus we have that potential except it is up to us to direct it or channelize it and thus we can deliberately make the mind that's why mat paraha may the mind be brought again and again centered upon me and thus it will develop a liking a fascination a desire a craving for god or for the knowledge and this is how it will become free from its grip or free from its hankering of the sense objects okay